Let's talk a little college football. Week zero coming up this morning as the White Sox also take a 4 nothing lead now. And I'm looking forward to it. We got Nebraska and Illinois coming up, and we will preview it right now with Greg Freebeer Daniels, Compass Media. He'll be calling the game this weekend. You could also catch his morning show, the Freebeer and Hot Wings show, with Greg Freebeer Daniels and Chris Hot Wings Michaels. Greg, I got to start off with telling you that's the uh, greatest name for a morning radio show I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> It started as a joke when we were 23, and I'm, I'm a skosh older than that now, and it seems a little silly. We just wanted, thought it'd be funny to put it in the newspaper. So were you guys... Free beer and hot wings, because people don't read, and yeah. that, that was back when newspapers were a thing, so it tells you how long ago it was. What's but, a newspaper? Uh, yeah. I didn't know I'd be doing school, uh, you know, uh, career day and introducing myself as free beer, so... <laughs> I, 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 I love it, man. So how did you guys meet? Were you roommates? We were roommates at, at Central Michigan University, yep. Nice. Wow. A million years ago. Wow, and you guys have been together that long. That's 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 awesome in radio. Yeah, it's a weird busted marriage in a good way. <laughs> so. so, Greg, tell us all about this game that's coming up. Week zero, kicking it off with a bash. You're going to call this game between Illinois and Nebraska. Uh, kind of, what are your impressions of both teams? I, me and my partner here, we're both on, uh, what are we on, Illinois, to cover at least against Nebraska. How do you feel about both these teams? Well, you know, I, I think for I think for both teams, it's so important. Nebraska, um, can you have a must-win game in Week Zero right. in Season Four for a you know for a guy that won a national championship for a legend? Uh, I think I think it has to be in this case for Scott Frost in Nebraska, uh, and it's been a, a summer of bad news with the latest stuff. But from a recruiting standpoint, they have the lowest-ranked class in the Big Ten for 2022. Uh, they've had 30 guys transfer out of the program, and it just isn't what Nebraska fans expected from Scott Frost, nor what I'm sure Scott Frost would have expected. Now he's got an AD in place that didn't hire him, and that doesn't bode particularly well. And they're playing Illinois, and Illinois hit the reset button in the offseason, and, and Brett Bielema takes over. And obviously there's not many people with more credibility in the Big Ten West, but it's a lot easier to have that credibility when you're enhancing the already strong program of Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin, as opposed to taking over uh, what what was, uh, at least from the deep outside, a hollowed-out program under Lovey Smith that only staved off uh, a firing a year earlier because of a hot streak that got him into a bowl game, but came back to reality last year. But Brett Bielema has done a great job of retaining players. They return a ton of guys, 20 of 25 positional starters, counting the, the specialists, so that's a really good deal, but the drawback is they were two and six last year. But they did thump Nebraska in Nebraska, which was one of their few good offensive performances. So I feel like this game is a real wild card. And but I think it, I think at least for the coaching staff at Nebraska, it's it's also. I mean, I know it's cliche, but it, it's a pretty important game. Yeah, absolutely. And I had high expectations for Nebraska, you know, when they did hire Scott Frost, and now obviously they're under investigation for these possible NCAA violations, uh, improper use of analysts and consultants during practices and games. How do you see this playing out? Like, what do you think happens here? I think in fraction-wise, I think there are teams that have committed a lot more, and the NCAA seems to be, well, they've made themselves pretty toothless so I'm not sure it matters from long-term uh, ramifications, but he's lost more credibility with Nebraska fans. I lived in Nebraska for five years, including uh, the last of the Nebraska glory in the late 90s in Scott Frost's run, and he walks on water there. And, and I have friends and, and, and uh, my former mother-in-law who doesn't love football could, but could tell you who the backup left guard was 
on the 97 team that, you know, that went and pushed Michigan and shared the national title. It's just the way Nebraska is. And all of a sudden they've always taken pride in their program as a fan base. They take pride in being good fans and having a clean program. And it's just not what they thought it would be. And I don't, that doesn't, matter to the guys that are going to go out in Champaign and run out against Illinois, but it is a lot of noise in the background. And then you mix in everything else with COVID and everything else. And, and I, I think like last year, we'll just see a lot of unpredictability, but the fact of the matter is going back to Illinois, they can't stop the run and Nebraska is pretty committed to pounding the run. So in theory, that's a good sign for the Cornhuskers. We'll see when, when you know they hit the turf on Saturday. Greg, I feel like Adrian Martinez has been at Nebraska for like 15 years for some reason, and he does have real, <laughs> he always has success against Illinois. You know, he plays pretty well against them. What are your expectations for him in the offense heading into this season? I think this is going to be a big, big year for him. And, and I'm guilty of two years ago I had their opening game against Colorado. Out in Colorado, the rekindling in the second of their home and away series with the Buffs, and, and I in pregame, I said exactly what I just said now. This is going to be a big year for Adrian Martinez under Scott Frost and everything else. It wasn't. It was an uneven season with injuries. But I'm with you. I think if he stays healthy, I think he is really good. And he's going to cover up for a lot of problems elsewhere on that Nebraska team. And they think their black shirt defense is back to some degree. Now, they have to go out and prove it. Uh, and this will be a pretty good opportunity against Illinois on Saturday to say, hey, yeah, we can play some level of elite defense, something that's been missing for a long, long time. They got it back a little bit with Bo Pelini, but could never get everything else right during his short run. But uh, defense has been missing. And that was, you know, even back with those teams in in the 90s and all those Tom Osborne teams, they were going to stop you and they were going to punch you in the mouth. And and I know college football is different. And a lot of people that are, first of all, the student athletes, they don't remember that Nebraska team. They don't remember Tom Osborne. Uh, it's like describing your second, you know, great uncle to your five-year-old kids. They just don't care. Uh, and so I think that's part of the problem Nebraska's running is that they still see themselves as 1997, 1995 Nebraska, Scott Frost, Tommy Frazier, and all that stuff. And there's just not a lot of people nationwide that see them the same way. Now, Greg, will you be live from Memorial Stadium for this game? We are, yep. Okay, yep. so we, we, will, we will be there, which is, is nice. That, that's, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of calling games from a distance, but I'll sucks. take whatever I get. That absolutely sucks, and I'm right with you. So with that being the case, 100% capacity for Memorial Stadium, just having fans back in the stands for some college football, for any sporting event of that matter, how, how is that for you? I mean, you already kind of alluded to it, and also, what do you expect these fans? To, like, you think they're going to be even crazier than they usually are in college football just because, of, of course, everybody's just been sitting at home watching these games from their couches for the past, I don't wow. know, year and some change. <laughs> right. I think of when fans got back in the NBA this year, yeah. it was pretty crazy. It was hectic. People are happy to be out there. And, and um, you know, in some cases, the behavior of the fans didn't always hold up. But I know just as a broadcaster and as just a fan of the pageantry and uh, everything that goes along with college football, I'm excited to see that again. Like I, I, I took last year off from doing games and I'm excited to be back. And it just wasn't the same last year. Talking to my friends that are on the cruise and everything else, still enjoyed it, still love doing the games, but it's just not the same without, you know, however many thousands of people there. And, and honestly, it, it brings back home field advantage as something that matters. Yeah. You know, and especially with Nebraska being a road favorite, um, that, I think that could matter. So, Greg, I uh, got done talking about Adrian Martinez, how I feel like he's been at Nebraska for like 15 years. But um, Brandon Peters, who's the starting quarterback for Illinois, 
literally has almost been there for like 20. Like he, he, this is his sixth year. He's 23 years old. I know that you're putting your boards together for the game. What are your expectations for the Illini on offense? Because obviously Lovey Smith's gone now. Um, I'm sure. going to miss him with the white beard looking like Santa Claus out there. But what are your right. expectations for the Illini offensively coming up this, uh, this well, week? I think Brandon Peters really found his spot last year. In fact, his best game of the year was against this Nebraska Cornhuskers team. So one would think he would come in with a lot of confidence. They return of a lot of the weapons that he had. And one of the more experienced offensive lines, certainly in the Big Ten and even nationally. And so you think back to when Brett Bielema took over Arkansas, and he wanted to turn that Arkansas team into a Brett Bielema team, but he was taking over for Bobby Petrino, who ran the spread, and it wasn't a particularly physical team. And then obviously the way that tenure ended, it, they didn't retain a lot of players. This, he's taking over a, a more full cupboard at Illinois than he did. Now, that first year at Arkansas was a disaster, but shortly after that, they had bowl games in three straight years and improved quite a bit and I think had some misfortune to end that program. I don't think, I don't think Brett Bielema was necessarily someone that, that really rubbed everyone the right way in, in the Southeastern Conference, um, and including home fans, but he's a, he's a different man. He was, he's been talking about how this is the first time he's joined a new community as a father. And so seeing the way his kids are welcomed into Champaign and Urbana and everything else, I, I think that changes someone. And, you know, he spent a few years in the NFL and probably got humbled a little bit. I think, I think Illinois is going to move the football. I, I think they're going to run the football. They're, they're deep in the offensive backfield. And I think Peters is a guy, I hate the term game manager, yeah. but at this point he can make a big throw for you if you have guys that can get open. And he definitely at 23, he's much less likely to make a big mistake. So those two quarterbacks between Martinez and Peters, those two guys that have been in the big 10 for 250 years, like yeah. they played with Red Grange. Uh, <laughs> they'll, uh, they're, they're pretty important, obviously to this game. Greg, you brought up the NFL there and kind of your synopsis. Let's take a quick turn to the NFL. Like anything that you've gleaned from preseason, I, and trust me, we know it's preseason. We are the kings of overreactions. We think Justin Fields is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like we're all over it. Anything that you've gleaned from just uh, preseason and anything that's really kind of stuck out to you? Well, I, I think the number one thing is that the teams that are really good, no one's playing. And that's yeah, proven right. to be a recipe for success to have teams like the Rams and teams like the Chiefs and, and the Bucks, the guys that you're going to want out there for now 17 games and 18 weeks, they're just not playing. And, and I think health is the biggest thing. And then beyond that, uh, it's just it's shocking to see, and we've been seeing this trending for a while, but the quarterbacks come in and they, they don't look near as lost as they used to, even when they're young. Uh, and you, you look at like, like Trey Lance for San Francisco. Here's a guy who, I mean, one of the fewest number of passes in college football of any quarterback taken in the top few rounds, and he looks like a seasoned vet. And whether it's the seven-on-seven drills they play or all of the training or the fact that, you know, the offenses have expanded and getting guys in space, even in the NFL, that achievement for those young quarterbacks, the, the, there's no more uh, slow ride. There's no more, you know, boiling the frog where you put it in on cold and warm it up a little at the time. They will be ready to go. And I think that's the part that's exciting just as a fan. And even if they're not ready to go, they'll be good enough to go out there cold turkey and, and beat up on some guys and be, and just be able to execute. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. But don't you feel a little bit bad for those guys that all of a sudden we have the label of, you know, the, like the stopgap quarterback or the, the placeholder quarterback, the Ryan Fitzpatrick's and others where, you know, he was criticized, uh, you know, last year with Tua for going out there and saying he wanted to be the starter. We saw the same thing with Andy Dalton 
when he said, hey, this is my team, and, and all the fan base is like, no, it's it's not. We don't want it to be your team. We want it to be <laughs> yeah. your field team. And, you know, there's there's something to that. And, uh, you know, I you know in this business, you end up talking to a lot of former players, and, and to a man, they all say it divides a locker room. And that, I think, is the factor for a lot of these teams, particularly the ones where young quarterbacks went to teams that have aspirations of being good, like the 49ers or the or the Bears, or even, you know, even the Dolphins now should be a, a much improved team. Yeah, absolutely. Greg, thanks so much for joining us, man. Have a good call this weekend. Hopefully, um, you know, in the Big Ten this year, we get anybody besides Ohio State winning the title. <laughs> Go Wisconsin, in my opinion. <laughs> that is a sentiment shared by, by most of uh, the Big Ten. <laughs> anybody but Ohio State, man. Loud section in, in Ohio saying uh, you're, you're never getting away from it. Exactly. Thanks a lot, Greg. That right there, Thank Greg, Greg. Freebeer Daniels. You can catch him this weekend on Compass Media calling the Nebraska-Illinois game. You could also catch his morning show, the Free Beer and Hot Wings morning show as well and um man I'm feeling uh pretty good about the Illini to cover the spread this weekend but I think Nebraska is ultimately going to win that game yeah we're going to be watching two quarterbacks that have been in college for a combined like 11 years yeah they both could just put themselves together and go to the NFL and be seasoned veterans 